Hi everybody, it's Faustine, founder of Collective Conversations. Today is the first episode in our mental health and wellbeing series, particularly as we're all aware we're in the third lockdown. For me personally, I can definitely say this has been the hardest one so far. But all of that aside, I have someone very special with me, well virtually with me. Um, It's Alicia, who is our finance manager, but also our health and wellbeing editor. And today we'll be discussing her journey with her mental health, her relationship with the gym and much more. So stay tuned and we hope you enjoy this episode. Great, two, one. Hey everyone, I'm Faustine and I'm with... Alicia and I'm joining from Spain. Guys, I'm so jealous. Like, (laughs) what's the weather there? It's actually sunny today. It's been pretty nice weather recently, so yeah. This girl even got her nails done at the shop while we're in lockdown. Yeah, I can't believe Kinda it. Lucky. She's living there. <laughs> so today, as you know, we're just going to kind of discuss your relationship with the gym, your mental health journey, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um. So, do you want? Is there anything that you're going to discuss that might be triggering? Should we put a trigger warning out? Yeah. So, uh, I'll probably talk about uh, self harm, eating disorders. Um, and also sexual abuse and rape and stuff like that. So if anybody of you is um, triggered by any of that, just, you know, click out. We don't mind. It's all good. Okay. Let's get into it. Okay, so one of the first questions I have for you, which I think is is kind of a good starting point, is when did you kind of start to realise that you might be struggling with your mental health? I mean, it kind of comes in stages. So the first kind of moment... I would say it was kind of in year seven or eight um, because, or just a preface, I pretty much have kind of been bullied since, you know, I started primary school um, just for being like different, growing up in a different household and that kind of stuff. And it kind of got worse when I started secondary school. And so like year seven was kind of when things started getting worse and year eight um, was when I noticed my mental health was getting really bad. Like I, felt completely isolated I didn't really feel like I had any friends I was constantly down and it got to the point where uh, this was the kind of starting point of things getting really bad was I started biting my hands as a way to kind of release some of the I don't know tension or the kind of sadness I had within me um and then when everybody noticed it was bad was when I actually started like hurting myself with other objects that was kind of the starting point where everything kind of I don't know how to say it like everything kind of just made sense you know yeah yeah that must be really difficult as well not only were you getting bullied but it's kind of that age where I guess you're like understanding who you are and you're developing your brain's developing yeah exactly it's just a tricky age so to have everything you had on top of it must have been a really really difficult time yeah I mean also like the fact that I was bullied from such a young age I think getting bullied from like that young what six years old you you're at that age you're like developing in the into the person who you are going to be so everything that you experience shapes who you are if that makes sense so kind of yeah. dealing with all of this kind of just made me think like oh this is like I'm a bad person or people don't like me because I'm like different so I felt like I had to try and be like other people but I at that point as well didn't know how to be like others so I always kind of stood out and at that point you know I thought that there was something wrong with me which obviously there isn't but yeah yeah no definitely and I guess 
if you're bullied from such a young age, it kind of bullying lowers someone's self-esteem. So from six, seven, 100%. and then you want to go into secondary confident. But obviously, if you've been bullied, then you're not going to go into secondary like super confident, yeah. outgoing, ready to go. You're you're going to be nervous, understandably. Yeah, and I think this kind of touches upon like other parts within my mental health journey, like because my confidence was so shattered because of the bullying, it led to other mental health issues that I le- later experienced, like, further on. Yeah, let's touch on that, actually. We should also mention that Alicia's not only our um, finance manager and a writer, but we've actually been friends since about, what are you saying, um, year... I would say three? year three. I think it was, like, year three, year yeah. four. Yeah, so we've been friends for over, like, over 12 years. Madness. Absolute madness. I know. (laughs) Long time, long time, guys. But, yeah, so touching on, like, further kind of later on down the line, I guess, Mm -hmm. what was the process like in getting support, like, professional support? And if you did access therapy, was it beneficial? Was it useful? Oh, there's, like, so many stages to this again. So, um, obviously, when... Yeah, I started hurting myself in the first kind of stages in year seven, eight. Um, I did have like an, a therapist um, that was I was referred to from the hospital and that actually went really well until she actually stopped practicing. So then I kind of stopped therapy um, and I was seeing a school counsellor from from my secondary school. And that actually that made things worse because that counselor at one point like started shouting at me, telling me my mindset on things were bad. So obviously that put me in a bad place of how I viewed therapy. I actually, she made me lie to my parents about seeing her because my parents knew it wasn't good for me, but she wanted me to keep seeing her. And so I had to lie to my parents that I wasn't seeing her. That's, that's just yeah. entirely wrong. Like, yeah. These people are meant to be protecting yeah children and safeguarding them not not harming them yeah so that kind of that shaped how I viewed therapy for like further on in my in my mental health journey um and then so touching on like what I said before I ended up developing um an eating disorder when I was I would say like 15 16 was when it kind of got worse so I was diagnosed with uh, bulimia nervosa So basically, I would make myself throw up, um, but also I would restrict the food that I was eating um, because I was scared of gaining weight and I wanted to lose weight. Um, And so I saw a therapist for that who initially diagnosed me and I would see her once a month. And then I had another therapist who I would do CBT therapy with, which is basically just like changing the way you view things. And um, with him it wasn't really the therapy it was supposed to be. It ended up just being talking therapy, which in a sense was good. But in the other hand, like it didn't help me the way it should have, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, definitely. And kind of when I was getting therapy with him, it was a mix of, uh, I had my A-levels at that point. That was when I was just about to start my A-levels. Um, and also like I had other things going on. So it got to a point where my mental health got to the worst point where I was feeling suicidal. I was genuinely considering committing. And that's when I noticed that therapy also didn't work because I got put on this other team called Crisis. So I was seeing three therapists a week and it was so overwhelming that it got worse for me. 
yeah I can imagine it's a lot like you're already struggling Mm -hmm. so much and having to see so many people a week must have been just exhausting for your body yeah yeah it was it was so overwhelming because imagine you're seeing three therapists a week but then you also have to study for exams which are a big part of your future as well so it's it's so overwhelming because you don't know what to do you don't know how to feel about things you don't know what what to kind of react to or how to react so it was it was very overwhelming but then um and I'll touch upon this in in a later moment I had therapy again a couple years later and I think that was when therapy really worked for me I I saw like a huge change once I started seeing that therapist and it was an online one from Spain um and I think for anybody who's considering getting therapy find a therapist that will work for you like don't give up just because you've had one bad experience with therapy because a lot of the time it might not be the right right therapist for you or it might not be the right person for you and your next experience might be completely different so don't discard having therapy just because of a bad experience because I can tell you from my own experiences the therapy has worked but once I found the right person that's actually a really important point to make and I'm glad you brought it up I feel also like clients might blame themselves if it doesn't mm-hmm. go well or if they have a bad experience but obviously like just remember it's it's never your fault if something exactly go. and I think That's therapy fair. is a two-way thing obviously you put your part into it by explaining everything to the therapist so they can help you in the best way but it's also their part to kind of give you what you need and like I said some therapists might, might not work for you some people you know, don't always understand things the way you see them. So it's a question of finding the right person who understands you and who's willing to help you in the way that you need. Yeah, completely. That yeah, absolutely. I couldn't have phrased it any better. It, it's it's not like a friend, but in the sense that there are people you gel with and you don't in life. Exactly. In general. And with a therapist, you need that therapeutic bond. So you're either going to get on hundred percent and. Um, if you don't there's plenty of others out there so like you said definitely don't don't and also like like you said obviously there there are people you gel with and there are people you don't you might gel with a therapist but the relationship or the way they help you might not be the best for you so don't feel bad if you realize like okay this specific person isn't helping me although I feel this attachment don't feel guilty in trying to find somebody else because your mental health comes first and you shouldn't put that aside just because you feel bad for moving from one therapist to another 100 percent. like frankly as as a client you do not actually owe the therapist exactly. anything you're just there to better yourself and you know like feel better and get the support you need it's their job to provide that and if it's not working it's not working it's yeah not working. exactly exactly so let's move on to Another question I had, I think this, yeah, this links quite well with what we've just discussed. So if you could look back at your kind of teenage self or worst moments, what would you say has has changed for you? Like, what was the pivotal moment where you realised, okay, this is what has gotten better for me or this is what has helped me to get better? Is there something in particular? I'd say two things. So about a year and a half ago, I started like really focusing on like physical fitness and things like that. And I think that really helped change my mindset, which would be the other thing. I think both of them kind of came hand in hand for me. 
um, because the way I see it, like when you work out physically, you're like releasing endorphins. So you're giving your body like this kind of feel good kind of energy and like chemical. And so that really helped me kind of feel better. Like the gym at least or like working out was like a time where I spent like an hour in my zone. I didn't think about anything. I didn't think about anything that was worrying me. And that also like shifted my mindset. So I was like, okay, you know, I had this one hour where I completely zone out. You kind of, I don't know how to explain it. It's it's really difficult to explain, but once you experience it yourself, I feel like you would understand, but you kind of having that moment to zone out is like that one space where you don't have these million thoughts going on in your head. So I was diagnosed with depression and anxiety disorder. So basically my head is like constantly thinking the worst of things or worrying about things or all this kind of stuff. And so when you have this one hour, when you don't think about anything, it's like peace and calm, you know, it's like kind of like a relief, a a kind of weight off your chest. And so that also gave me a way to think like, okay, if I can have that one hour, then I can find a way to kind of make it as prolonged as possible. I need to change the way I think of things so that I'm not constantly having these thoughts running through my head, you know? Yeah, that that really makes sense. So kind of in a way, would you say the gym and physical kind of well-being and exercise is kind of like, therapeutic yeah. for you I think physical and mental health are kind of interrelated if that makes sense so if you're if you're feeding your body like good food if you're giving it like physical like exercise it can be any exercise of any type but if you're feeding yourself like good things then your 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 mental health kind of reflects that as well yeah, they're, they're very mm-hmm. intertwined, aren't they? Physical um, health and mental health. And they kind of co-support yeah, each other exactly. in a way. So linking, again, linking on the gym and physical well-being, could you, like, delve into your fitness journey a little bit, how you got into it um, and things like that? Because I know you have a fitness account at the moment. So perhaps you could just, yeah, kind of just tell us briefly about your, your fitness Yeah, so, um, right. So obviously, you know, I dealt with an eating disorder um, and that was kind of the end of A-levels. Um, and then I moved to uni and I went to, to the Netherlands to study. And kind of the first year, it, my my, you know, eating disorder wasn't really there. Um, a traumatic event that I'm sure we'll touch upon like in another session, but... Um, or later on in this in this podcast um, that kind of led me to eat more or have periods where I would eat less so it kind of messed up kind of my eating thing so I don't want to say I still had the eating disorder but I had those kind of thoughts in my head you know Um, and then kind of that summer so the summer of what 2019 I think it was um October time I did this kind of I don't know eight week shred thing with I don't know a trainer and I did only like at home workouts but from doing those that's where I kind of noticed the first shift in my mental health I felt like I had so much more energy like I felt so much better within myself um mentally and physically and 
so I obviously wanted to keep up with that but um that instructor that I did it with he left me in a bad place in terms of my eating um he put me on very very low calories um which was I think the lowest it got to was a thousand calories a day bear in mind a normal person to maintain their weight needs 2000 so I was eating half of what a normal like adult should be eating and less than what a five-year-old should be eating so that left me in a bad place physically and mentally because obviously I wasn't eating enough for my body I was scared to gain weight because of my previous you know eating disorder ways but then I kind of transitioned out of that and I started focusing on getting strong and actually going to the gym and lifting weights and things like that um and then obviously lockdown happened um and when when lockdown happened I kind of had a bit of a freak out and I kind of stopped eating again because I was scared you know I'm not lifting I'm not moving my body I'm gonna get fat obviously that's not what happens (laughs) I can tell everybody that's not what happens but my brain and my past brain kind of merged together and told myself that that was gonna happen um And once I realized that that was the wrong thing to do, I did this thing called a reverse diet so that I wouldn't, so I wasn't giving into, you know, my thoughts of, you know, you're going to get fat, but I wasn't going to like shock my body at the same time. So I would slowly increase what I was eating on a weekly basis so that I wasn't shocking my body and that I was still like comfortable within my head with what I was doing, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So I did that until like the kind of end of summer. And then I told myself, you know what, you're going to push yourself, you're going to get uncomfortable, and you're going to build muscle and you're going to gain weight. And my primary like idea was to gain as much muscle as possible in, I don't know, four or five months. And I ended up doing it for about six months. I actually stopped last week and I'm starting a little cut now to kind of reveal the muscle I've built. Um, But I would increase the amount I was eating. I was training as hard as possible, you know, making sure to like increase the weights or increase the reps or whatever um, to promote like muscle growth. And yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I've been uncomfortable. I'm kind of uncomfortable, but... I think it's helped my relationship with food so much. Like if if you would have told Alicia a year ago, oh, you're gonna, you know, gain five kilos, which I have, um, I would have thought you're crazy. But I'm so glad I've done it because I can eat with my parents and eat with my family and not worry about what I'm eating. I can go out and not worry about what I'm eating. I enjoy food so much more and I'm not scared of, you know, overeating or anything like that. So it's definitely done me good. And that's kind of where I am right now is in this kind of good place with food, understanding what different foods kind of give to my body, how I feel with different foods. And that's kind of where I feel everybody should kind of be. That's amazing. And like, obviously... For the people listening, bearing in mind we've been like best friends for over a decade, I've known how difficult it's been for you with food and like where you are now and where you were a couple of years ago, like is a huge transformation. And I'm very, very, very thank you. No, it really means a lot. Amazing. Um, And I think people can kind of tell as well the way I talk about food and about this journey has completely changed as well. 
yeah definitely like you're a lot more um comfortable like I remember in your article I think it was called getting comfortable with being uncomfortable or something along those lines and it just it was yeah it was just so well written and it made complete sense I think that is what everybody should kind of do obviously it doesn't have to relate to food this is you know a personal kind of goal but everybody should kind of step outside of their comfort zone because that's where you really grow as a person that's where I guess you can expand and make your mental health better if that makes sense like once you are comfortable with doing things that you know might scare you you grow as a person yeah you you really blossom rather than just kind of staying with what you you exactly exactly so do you want to tell our listeners, because you're not just going to the gym, but what have you recently done? I mean, um, I did a couple of kind of trainings. Um, I'm, it's not really a personal trainer, but it's more like a certified kind of coach type thing. So I've got a certification for fitness training so I can, you know, train anyone as well as nutrition so I can help anyone, you know, set up their macros or whatever um, and stuff like that. And I kind of did that in lockdown. I did it in the first one and I did another one again in this second or third one, whatever you want to call it, um, to kind of keep myself entertained, but also do something I enjoy doing. That's amazing. And do you want to just um, quickly share your at on Instagram if anyone wants to get in touch? Oh, so it was at Alicia LM Fit, but I'm thinking of just transforming or using my main Instagram, which is Alicia LU Medina, um, to kind of put most of my kind of fitness content on that or just use it as an all around one account rather than having two separate ones. Okay, cool. And for our listeners, we will put like the links and the descriptions and everything in our little bio box so that if you didn't quite catch what she said, you can yep, just exactly. follow her through the link. So kind of moving mm-hmm. on from that, we got some questions from uh, readers and some of the team for you, but I wanted to quickly yeah. ask my own first. I've obviously struggled quite mm-hmm. a lot during this third lockdown and I was just thinking do you have any advice for people who are struggling with um, anxiety or depression during lockdown and kind of what tips have been helping you um, keep so busy? this one I definitely did a lot in the first lockdown like now in this one I'm doing uni so I'm pretty preoccupied with work but I found things to do so <laughs> um, a bit of an old lady vibes I started knitting because I don't know, giving yourself something to do keeps your mind preoccupied to not overthink about other things, if that makes sense. So I, like I said, I did the nutrition and the fitness kind of courses, which kept me preoccupied for a long time as well. And then I would, I don't know, do other things. I'd call friends or I'd find something to keep my mind and my body preoccupied. So I wouldn't be thinking about the various other things that your brain kind of thinks about when you're overthinking about many things. Um, and then I think I touched upon this on my possibly second article, um, which is kind of writing a thing like a list of things you've achieved or accomplished every day. 
Um, and it can be literally the smallest things. Like mine uh, during lockdown were like, oh, I did my makeup. I made, I felt better about myself. Or, oh, I got up and I cleaned the house. Like the smallest things to kind of make sure that you kind of have this positive mindset of, oh, I've achieved something today. Even if it's small, it's better than nothing. We're in lockdown. You shouldn't be trying to like conquer the world, you know, like the smallest things count. And especially with someone who's depressed, like you don't have the energy to do very much. So even doing like your makeup or getting out of bed and making your bag, bed, sorry, that's a huge achievement. So celebrate the small wins because that's what's going to keep you going. Yeah, and I think kind of liaising with that is there's so much pressure at the moment. I don't know if you can relate, but I feel like social media is increasing the pressure for people to be productive during lockdown, which is Mm -hmm. already a really subjective term. Um, Because, like, what what is productivity? Like, for you, it could be something. Exactly. It could be something completely different. So I think we're living amongst a global pandemic. We just really, like you said, need to celebrate. Be kind to yourself. Like we're in a pandemic. Nobody's going to expect so much from you, you know, like do what makes you feel good. Do not think about what anybody else thinks. Focus on you because you are what's important. 100%. Just look after yourself and your mental health. Don't look at these Instagram accounts who are like, hey, I'm learning six languages in lockdown. What are you if doing? If you have those, unfollow them. Shit. Unfollow yeah. anything that puts you in a negative mindset. Anything exactly. that you compare yourself to, unfollow. Unless it's in a positive sense where, okay, this person's motivating me to do this because I want to achieve this. Unfollow anybody who makes you think otherwise. Period. And I touched on this in my article. Like, the average person spends, I don't know, maybe about two and a half hours to three hours on Instagram every day and you're just watching someone else's life through a screen on Instagram they show you what they want you to see they're not going to show you the lows they're just going to show you the highs so just do you and keep it pushing basically so yeah we have a Mm -hmm. question here from somebody for you and it says how to cope with burnout during university when you were studying what helped you um so I mean just it's a hard question I mean it definitely is hard um but I would kind of just try and do the smallest bit every day don't pressure yourself to do as much as everybody else because that's not gonna work you know, know your body, know what you are able and capable of doing in that moment and do as much as you can. Don't force yourself to do more, you know? Yeah, 100%. Definitely. Like, take it easy. If you don't just be like, okay, so today I'm going to re-watch like four lectures, maybe like break it down yeah. into chunks. Um, I had this this good study kind of mechanism where I would study or focus on studying for about 25 minutes and then I would have at least like minimum five minutes break and that like splitting it into different chunks helps your brain kind of detach like obviously if you can study for longer than 25 minutes go ahead keep going but if you notice that you're like your focus starts shifting then like take a break because pressuring yourself to do more is just going to cause more burnout is going to cause you to feel worse and like having a list of okay all of this needs to be done 
that's just going to stress you out and make you feel worse if you don't achieve it all. For sure. Like, I know, for example, when I write a list and not everything gets done, I'm like, oh, fuck's sake, why didn't I do it all? It just makes you more exactly. frustrated for me anyway. Um, yeah, so maybe just, I don't know, writing a shorter list rather than 10 things and what to yeah, do. Yeah, or just have an idea of what you want to have completed by the end of the week. Don't give you yourself like a time limit for a day. Give yourself a time limit for a longer period of time because it's more likely that you'll be able to complete those things over a week than within a day. Yeah, there's literally only 24 hours, yeah, guys, exactly. in a day. It's not even that long. So we have a, another question. We've got a few questions <laughs> for you. Popular girl. Um, how to prioritise my mental health without feeling guilty? I feel like I'm leaving my friends out by ignoring their messages or calls, but it's, I'm not trying to be rude. I get depressed. that 100% because I'm exactly the same way. But your friends, if they're really your friends, will understand that you need time for yourself and time to process what you're going through. But at the same time, like, don't neglect them. Just let them know, like, hey, guys, you know, I'm not feeling the best. I probably won't reply for, I don't know, the next few days, the next week. I just need to focus on myself. Um, if anything's, like, bad, just let me know. Um, and I'll get back to you as soon as possible. Um, obviously, there are people in your lives that may not be okay with that. But then that also shows you that they're not the right people for you. Real friends will understand that you need to take time for yourself, need to take time for your mental health, and will completely support that. And they'll be there for you when you're ready for them to be there for you, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does entirely. Like, sometimes, unfortunately, life throws shit at you and those bad kind of occasions and experiences just show, like, shine a light mm-hmm. on who 100% I really. in the past I'm I'm a, a person of you know holding everything within myself I don't really tell people when I'm going through things until the last moment or until I've passed it and obviously that does worry some of my friends because I don't reply for a while but now I've gotten to this point of just giving them a heads up like hey um I'm not feeling great that's why I haven't been replying or that's why I'm not going to reply and that kind of gives them a heads up and they kind of know why I'm not replying or why I'm not being as talkative as I would be if I'm in a better mental health state. Um, And so kind of having this communication with them also makes them feel better in understanding like what you're going through. Because if you completely don't talk to them and completely lock them out, then they're going to be really worried and they're going to be frustrated with you for not telling them anything. But at the same time, like, I don't know if I'm explaining myself well, <laughs> um, but you, it needs to go both ways. You need to tell them, you know, I'm not going to reply to you for a bit. I'm not feeling great. I need to focus on myself. And they need to understand. Defo, like you're explaining it perfectly well. So kind of like it's a two-way street, like you need to prioritise yourself, but equ- equally your friends need to know like, okay, she's good. She just needs some time for herself. She's not you know in any in any danger or she's exactly not, you know falling asleep or something exactly she's exactly good. so she's just tell her. your friends you know I'm not feeling great I'm not going to reply for a bit I just need to focus on myself and there you go just focus on yourself make sure that you're better make sure to like you know take time for yourself like 
take care of yourself mentally, physically, everything you need to do until you feel better and you can talk to them again. <laughs> Period. I agree. Um, so I think if you could look back five years, so, mm-hmm. you know, 50, around 15 years old, if 15-year-old Alessia could see you today and kind of the growth and the progress you've made, what would you want her to know at that age? Like, what would you tell your younger self? Um, that you're going to go through a lot of hardship. You know, you, you still have a lot of hurdles to go over, but it doesn't mean that you're not going to overcome them. Just because you have these hurdles doesn't mean that you can't jump over them. It doesn't mean that you can't overcome them at the time it might feel like that but 100% you can get over them and you can conquer them and you will and you're going to be 10 times stronger once you come over them and once you come out of everything that you kind of deal with I think that's yeah that's just really so true like you're going to go through a lot of things in your life but like you've proven to yourself and to everyone around you that loves you and knows you that you can more than overcome from these you can heal from them rather than just go through it like you can actually get out of the other side but also heal from exactly all of the trauma exactly that you've been through. rather than just surviving yeah. and, and i've gotten to that point living. now i think it's strange to say mm-hmm. but i think the first lockdown made such an improvement in my mental health than anything I've really gone through before see that's so yeah, unusual yeah. because you think and it'll be the other it's way weird because so last February I was alone for a week in my house in Maastricht before we started uni again because we kind of had like a week off and I was so I, I hate to use the word depressed but I, w- I was very down you know like almost getting into that depressed state again crying constantly having these anxiety attacks Mm. and obviously when we went into this the the first lockdown my parents were so worried about my mental health seeing having seen like what I was going through in that one week that I was alone but that lockdown I kind of focused on myself I made sure to prioritize myself and I really focused on my mental health and how I viewed myself and I actually came to a point where I love and accept myself and my body and who I am and where I am in my life and that's made such a difference because and okay so I'm kind of using this from a different podcast that I listen to um but you need to kind of eat alone to know what you bring to the table and know what other people should bring to your table. Does that make sense? Yeah, completely. Do you want to, like... Yeah, so basically you need time for yourself, like, alone. You need to be, like, truly alone for a period of time to know who you really are, what you bring in life like what you bring to other people and what you want other people to bring into your life only then can you attract the right people into your life the people who care about you not kind of fake friends people who don't bring anything to you toxic people you don't want that you need time alone to know what you bring like what you give to other people and what other people should give to you (laughs) 
completely. I think kind of in regards to that for our readers, there's a really good book called um, What a Time to Be Alone by the Slumflower. And yeah, it'd be worth a, a read because it does touch on what um, Alicia mentioned. And, and it's really important, I think, especially in adulthood to learn to enjoy your own company and not rely on someone else 100%, to be there to 100%. I feel like so many people now kind of feel like they need people in their lives to be able to be happy, to feel validated. But in reality, like, you are the one person that you were meant to be with. Be comfortable with who you are. Be happy within yourself. Be happy with your own company. Be happy with silence. And only then can you truly enjoy the company of others. Completely. Because if, if you're not happy within within yourself, you... I really do believe that someone else isn't going to make you happy and it's not going to work out, for example, yeah. in a relationship because you need to be content and well within yourself before you yeah. can... A relationship shouldn't be trying to make another person happy. A relationship should be enjoying each other's company and bringing like more positivity and other aspects to the person and helping them grow together. Definitely, exactly like, enhancing the good qualities Try, not trying to make there. someone happy not, not like, trying to change them just of... enhancing what's there exactly 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 so yeah i have like two more questions have there been any kind of instagram accounts or youtubers that have helped you along your journey i know there was one girl on youtube in particular um her name's stephanie Bettemont. you did mention me Tara. um Yes, so she yes. is, yes. Oh, she's That's honestly amazing, but she, um, she's in the kind of fitness industry um, and she's very like sciencey based, which is why I really enjoy her content as well. But she was very, very lean for a long t- period of time to the point where her hunger was completely out of control. She had this beast ap- appetite. She did these crazy um, kind of cheat days, but it got to a point where she thought, you know, this is too much. I can't deal with this. This isn't healthy for me. She's like 30 years old. You know, a 30 year old shouldn't be restricting themselves because they're constantly hungry. So she did this thing called all in, which is basically she ate everything her body needed. And the first kind of most part of the year she gained a lot of you know body fat a a lot of weight you know everybody in the industry completely criticized her but she stuck with it this whole time and her body kind of set down to its like set state so where her body kind of wanted to stay so she obviously like I don't want to say she lost weight because she stayed at the same weight but like the level of puffiness and kind of body fat levels have reduced because her body found like a comfortable stage And that really helped me in kind of, one, this kind of growing, you know, gaining weight kind of aspect. Because if she can do it, if she can be happy with her body, then obviously I can too, you know? And that really helped me. But also the fact that um, her relationship with food is so good kind of also made me think, okay, well, I should be able to enjoy food the way she enjoys food. I shouldn't be restricting myself and be uncomfortable with eating because that's not the way to live life. She sounds like a really good um, role model, like for everybody, not just people who are 
um yeah struggling she just sounds like and yeah and then there were well there's been a couple Um, people recently um they're more kind of in the bodybuilding bikini bodybuilding kind of fitness industry um but I think I mentioned about the podcast before um I think it's called grow or die podcast and it's by this guy called Justin Mihaly and Brandon Long and then he has a sister called Megan Long and those three like for mindset are absolutely like have completely changed my mindset so they kind of talk about completely pushing yourself outside of your boundaries like they're very intense people but such an intense mindset makes you think as well like obviously my mindset's not going to be as intense as theirs I'm not going to be as intense as them but it really gets you thinking and kind of reassessing how you view things and how you go about things They sound really good and we'll make sure to um again link those so that people can listen to it and enjoy it as much as you did and I'll I'll definitely check it out as well so my last kind of roundup question I guess would be could you give us four songs so let's split it into let's say two songs for kind of when you were struggling a little bit yeah um, that kind of helped you go through it and then two songs that maybe Ooh. you like to use in the gym or to work out okay to. wait you're gonna um, you put me in such a tight spot where I have to like think off the top of my head <laughs> um no it's good so um I know sorry oh okay wait um so one where I a song that I actually um used as a technique when I would get anxiety attacks. And I st- I only use this song for this technique because it's the one that reminds me of when, um, when the crisis worker came to my house and she gave me this technique. Um, oh, I need to find the song, hold on. Um, but it's, it's basically... Um, That's fine, no worries, take your time. It's, it's a song, you listen to a song and you have to breathe along with it this is a tip for anybody who's like kind of overthinking or you know has so much going on in their head or they feel like they're going to have an anxiety attack put a song on close your eyes and breathe with the song you can't focus too much on your breathing but you can't focus too much on the song you have to put equal emphasis to both and so you know once you notice your focusing too much on your breathing and breathing along with the song you have to revert your focus back to kind of both or back to the song and so that really really helped me and so the song I would listen to was called My Thoughts on You by the band Camino and honestly that song like to this day I still use that song for this technique it's it's honestly one of my favorites um yeah and you said another song from that kind of time right Yeah, just a song that kind of helped you perhaps through different well, Obviously, times that song. Is, is um, I can't think of others. This is such a hard position to be in. <laughs> if you can't, we can... Um, let's think of two songs that you like to just bang out in the gym. I'm going to guess reggaeton because I know okay, you so I, pretty well, the but gym, I could be wrong. I can have like 10 different types of music going on. I can have like drum and bass, I can have the house, I can have reggaeton, I can have like UK rap, like literally it's a German rap, like honestly it's such a, a, a crazy mix. Um, but I'll put a reggaeton one on. Uh, let me, let me, let me find one. 
Oh, I love Bad Bunny. Bad Bunny you is, like a bit is of Bad Bunny, honestly amazing. <laughs> um, there's so many songs, though. Oh, you put me in such a hard position, Faustin. <laughs> okay, let's think. Oh, girl, but it's gonna um, be done. Mm-mm. No, I literally can't think. <laughs> I'm just gonna drink some water because my voice is just... sounds good. Well, you think I'm gonna have a drink? Um, 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 um. Oh, um. Okay, wait. I've got it. Um, there's one called Yo Perreo Sola. Obviously, Spanish, you know, Spanish pronunciation, but that one's a really good one. Or any Bad Bunny is honestly bomb in the gym. Oh, what, fuck. what does that try to translate to? <laughs> Yo Perreo Sola. Like, I fuck with myself, or like, I, um, okay, wait, I need like literally translating words is very difficult from one language to another. As you probably know yourself. And sometimes the thing is... Yeah, exactly. And sometimes the phrases, like, don't actually make yeah. sense in English, yeah. do they? So, the okay, I'm using Google Translate. Nobody judge me. Um, so, hold on. I twerk alone, basically. <laughs> but, like... It's, it kind of touches That's upon what I said that before, vibes. you know, like you need to be good with yourself to be, you know, so that's definitely a banger. Um, and just any bad bunny really in the gym is also good. Um, and then just like pretty much any, any kind of like hype music is, is bomb. Cool. Well, we will also link those songs below have you thought of any last song that is kind of motivational (sighs) inspirational if not yeah we can leave the suggestion i think i think that one's good put it in in episode two i have to think you put me in such a tough position for steve I do this thing. Honestly, this I'll get like 10 billion texts and I'm like, wait, I have to do minute. all of this now? Ah! Um, <laughs> but, um, screw my life. But it's been really great chatting to you. And I know it's been quite brief because obviously, yeah. like, your mental health journey has been years long. But this was just kind of like a, a brief intro, really, because obviously we're. If you guys didn't know, we're just going to give you a quick little rundown. Um, Alyssa and I are holding this mental health um, and well-being podcast series together. We're co-hosts. So there'll be quite a few episodes, perhaps. Yeah, I think we'll start with 10. And if it's successful, then maybe we'll continue it. Yeah, perfect. So, yeah, we have this series running. Um, this was just kind of a brief insight into Alyssa's journey, but we've got more episodes coming up, mm-hmm. kind of at a more detailed, I guess, into your life, um, yeah. into yeah. mine. We've got guests on. We've got so much things for you guys to look forward to. We're not going to re- like reveal too much today, but um, a big, big <laughs> thank you, Alessia, and a big virtual kiss. Um, and yes, I'm very excited. I cannot wait to host um, episode two together. Yeah. As am I. Yeah. So yeah, guys, we hope you all take care of yourselves. See you. And we'll see you in our next episode.
Do you think? I feel I, I was 